Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Today, we're talking with Pastor Robert Jeffress about the madness that has gripped the planet and surely the United States. Whether it's Chinese viruses spreading around the planet or Chinese rocket boosters falling to Earth, Putin invading Ukraine or Marxist Dems trying for a sixth straight year to politically persecute an innocent president one more time. Three years of the past six, the FBI has been investigating President Donald Trump, and in every instance, the top officials of the FBI knew he was innocent that the Russian collusion hoax was crafted by Hillary Clinton's campaign. Years of FBI investigation, a special counsel investigation, two presidential impeachments, and now the January 6th farce. There is no decency whatsoever in the Marxist-dim leadership of the Democrat Party, or the deep state, or for that matter, we now know in the rhino leadership of the Republican Party. The Biden White House lies about everything. There's nothing they don't lie about. The president claiming he spoke to Chinese President Xi about the imprisonment and genocide of Uyghurs, his business dealings with his son, his call with Saudis, and his claim they talked about Khashoggi's murder, and his press secretary saying that Biden's administration flying illegal immigrants all over the country in the dead of night is different than Texas bussing illegals to the nation's capital. And if demons aren't walking the earth now, when were they? And one of the questions facing us all is this, will good prevail over evil? Has the world indeed gone mad? To take up all of this, Pastor Robert Jeffress of the Dallas First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, joins us, tremendous preacher, author, podcaster, and radio host, and great American. Pastor, it is great, as always, to have you back with us, and the questions are fundamental. Has this country gone mad? We Americans are racked by uncertainty, unrelenting crime, and assaults on our way of life daily. What is going on? Well, I think, Lou, what is going on is our nation is reaping the consequences of turning away from God over the last 50 to 60 years. You know, some genius about 60 years ago uh, decided we didn't need God any longer to be good. We could be good without God. And so there was this rabid attempt by the left to remove prayer, Bible reading, and other religious practices in the public school, uh, public square away uh, from our public life. And it's been a disastrous experiment. We need God to be good. And I think what you're seeing with the school shootings, I think what you're seeing with the rapid uh, immorality, what you're seeing uh, in the gender confusion, but we can't even define what a man and a woman are. I think all of that is a result of turning away from God. And we're going to talk about, I know, about uh, this new Gallup poll about uh, fewer Americans believing in God's word as the literal word of God. Well, that has consequences to it. 
In Hosea 4, 6, in the Old Testament, God told the Israelites, because you have forgotten me and my word, I will forget your children. And uh, I think that's what's happening. Thankfully, I see a turning of that. I think recently we're seeing some signs that uh, America is turning back to God. We're getting rid of these horrendous court rulings that tried to restrict religious liberty. And I think we'll experience the blessing of that. Well, we all we all pray you're right. Uh, when you talked about these interpretations of the of the Constitution, the the rulings that have been handed down over the course of the last almost fifty years that made abortion a federal right, a lot of people want to talk about it as a constitutional right. That's pure hogwash. That's part of the the faux interpretation of the Constitution to said to to create that contrivance that said uh, abortion was a right of privacy and extended that to the Constitution. We should be embarrassed at what our courts have done, because what they've done is nothing more than sophistry. Uh, It is specious. It is ignorance. And we as a country are being led by false uh, narratives, uh, almost, it seems, in every quarter of our lives. And why don't we have more pride and more integrity than to accept that kind of nonsense from our greatest institutions, whether it be our, our Congress, our Senate, uh, the presidency, or, or the Supreme Court. Well, you're exactly right, Lou. And and what liberals do, especially when it comes to the Constitution, is they create these imaginary rights for some people at the expense of erasing very real rights for other people. For example, I mean, religious liberty. Uh, they've created this imaginary right that every American has to be free from being uh, offended by the religious expressions of others. We have a freedom from religion. That's nowhere in the Constitution. The First Amendment is about the freedom of religious expression. Or in the abortion issue, this imaginary right to an abortion, that's not anywhere in the Constitution, but in our most foundational document, there is a right to life. And uh, hopefully this is going to be corrected with a, a, a conservative court that's going to go back to the original intent of our founders. And uh, I think we're seeing the beginning of that. I mean, just in the last few weeks, not only the Roe uh, ruling, but you've seen two great rulings about religious liberty, uh, Coach Kennedy and prayer, and then the uh, main vouchers. Uh, all of this is returning us to the founders' intention. And the main, the main foundation uh, of those uh, decisions uh, was the commitment of, of obviously, uh, Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas, but the addition of three justices by Donald J. Trump, uh, which made all the difference, the historic difference, because it is, it is chilling to think what would have happened with that case if those three justices were not there, present and and uh, acting uh, with great integrity uh, and adherence to the to the textualist uh, interpretation of the Constitution. Lou, you're right. And the Sunday after the Roe decision, I said to our church, I said there is certainly God to be praised and glorified for this decision, but in human terms, God uses people. And there is one person responsible for this ruling, and it is President Donald J. Trump. I mean, just think, Lou, what would have happened if Hillary Clinton had been elected in 2016 and had her chance to appoint three justices? I guarantee you, Roe v. Wade would be safe 
forever. Uh, this is the result of an election. And I remind people, especially these squishy, mushy Christians who want to stay on the sidelines and criticize fellow Christians who get involved in politics, elections have consequences. And we saw the good consequence of an election with this Roe decision. We have all seen examples of what you're referring to as squishy Christians. Uh, it has taken... Uh, I think a number of churches, a great deal uh, to finally emerge from this insistence that they be neutral uh, in in life, in the public square. Uh, and what is extraordinary about there are several examples of churches not being squishy at all, but being assertive, aggressive, uh, and carrying uh, the opposite word, if you will, uh, as to what churches should be doing uh, for their parishioners, for their uh, their members, and we, and their flock. Uh, it is just amazing to me that the Catholic Church can set up Catholic chur- uh, charities and be inv- engaged in every aspect of illegal immigration, uh, carrying out the most, to me, obscene uh, policies that uh, have never been approved uh, by our Congress or, to my knowledge at least, a court, and and to see evangelical churches say, "Oh no, we we shouldn't be talking about religion." Uh, the next thing you'll have us talking about is sports. Uh, I mean, it, it's crazy to me. It is, and it goes against a basic foundational belief of Christianity, and that is a person's faith ought to impact every part of their life, their work life, their family life, and yes, their politics. And just look at American history, Lou. I mean, it's always been Christians who have been in the forefront, Christians uh, voting their political beliefs, Christians allowing their beliefs to impact uh, their beliefs about uh, public life that have shaped our country. I mean, it was ministers, the black-robed regiment who were foundational in the American Revolution. It was Christians who led the way in the abolition of slavery. It was Christians who were involved in leading for civil rights. I mean, can you imagine somebody saying to Martin Luther King Jr., Now, you're a pastor. You shouldn't be involved in politics. Do you think anybody on the left would say that today? No, they're against pastors and Christians being involved in politics who are conservative. They have absolutely no problem with the Al Sharptons and the Jesse Jacksons and other liberal ministers being involved in the political world. It's only Christians they want to silence. A national figure in religion. Uh, Think about this. when we talk about uh, Franklin Graham, he is the contemporary, the son, uh, obviously, of Billy Graham. Uh, national figures are very rare from the evangelical church. Uh, and there has been a, and, the, and they have been, frankly, I think, uh, very cautious in what they did say uh, on issues of national importance. They spoke, uh, but on the day to day, they were reluctant. And reticent. Well, I think, uh, you know, every Christian has to 
follow his uh, convictions on this. And, uh, you know, Franklin is a great friend. And here's a great example. I'm glad you cited him. Oh, I admire him greatly. I I know you do. I know. I know. But just think about Franklin. I mean, his faith is what led to Samaritan's Purse, one of the great relief organizations in the world. Why would liberals want to attack Franklin Graham, who engages in such wonderful work? They do it because of his political views. He believes that marriage should be between a man and a woman. He believes uh, uh, that abortion is murder, and they absolutely discount any good he does and savage him for his conservative beliefs. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we just need more Christians to stand up and speak out in the public square. And and we're seeing Christians more emboldened. Uh, and there are people listening to us, I'm sure, who are not Christian. Uh, there are probably not many, but there are some. And, and I understand that. They're they're afraid right now of uh, the role of the church uh, as well. They don't know what to make of the the ultimate c- conflict, uh, I think, for Americans, and that is, how do I get to heaven? Is there a heaven? Yes. And how do I avoid hell? Yes. Is there a hell? And what is my moral compass really built on? We can talk about the Judeo-Christian uh, heritage of this country, uh, but the fact is, unless it's identified and living and breathing, whether you believe in the Bible, whether you believe in God and are going to church, you know, these are all big, important questions for everyone. There are issues of faith for the those who are uh, faithful, and there are issues of faith for those who are not yet. Uh, give us your thoughts about where we are as a society right now. Well, look, you know, the real question is, you know, for Christians, how am I supposed to respond to this decadent culture in which I'm living right now? And I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago at the Freedom Faith and Freedom uh, Coalition meeting in Nashville. And I went back to the words of Jesus. And you know these words in Matthew 5, Lou. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. You know, salt in Jesus' day was a preservative. It didn't prevent the decay of meat, but it delayed the decay of meat. It gave the meat longer shelf life. Uh, Eventually, it had to be thrown out. And Jesus said, one reason I'm leaving you, my followers, in this world is to be a preservative, to keep this world from prematurely rotting away. And that means we're to be involved in pushing back against evil. And for us, the best way to do that is the political process. We're not going to ultimately save America from its uh, fall. I mean, the Bible teaches us very clearly that every nation will fall one day and Christ will return. And we look forward to that. But we want to delay that as long as possible so that we have an opportunity to share the real light of the gospel with people. And so, you know, people who say, well, Christians just ought to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and not get involved in cultural affairs and politics. That's not what Jesus said. We're both to be pushing back against evil with one hand and with the other hand, sharing our only hope, which is faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. It's not either or, it's both and, Lou. And as we look at the latest polling, uh, and this from uh, Pew Research, a majority of the public, uh, according to this uh, poll, a majority of the public disapproves of the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade uh, to support the right to life and to return the issue to states. Your your reaction? 
Well, thank God we don't determine morality by polls. I want to remind people. (laughs) And I want to remind people there was a time in American history where the majority of Americans agreed with the Supreme Court in its Dred Scott decision that African-Americans were not fully human, that they were chattel property, that they had no rights whatsoever. But just because the majority believed that and the Supreme Court ruled that didn't make it right. And frankly, uh, our standard for right and wrong is not polls. It's not court. It's the word of God, the Bible. And the Bible says, thou shalt not murder. And uh, so I'm not disturbed or even surprised, as you said, by this uh, poll of Americans disagreeing with uh, the Supreme Court's decision. The Supreme Court was right because they were in alignment with what God's word teaches. And there are, again, lots of Americans who have had to deal with the issue of abortion. Uh, Some made wise choices. Uh, Some made very unwise and and, and tragic choices uh, in my in my judgment. Uh, And as we're coming to terms with this, I really see this as an opportunity, uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, uh, uh, for the country to to atone, to uh, make right incalculable wrongs, as many as 60, 70 million abortions over the course of uh, time since 1973 and Roe v. Wade's ruling. It is. It is. It's a time where there seems to me there needs to be great reflection, and great, great concern about coming together around a reality and a truth that is, that is biblical. It is a matter of faith, and should be discussed openly. And we're just not seeing that. Is what I'm getting to. Whether it be in our churches, whether it be anywhere in our society. There is a great conflict, of course, but the idea of sanctity of life and the right to life, uh, to me, is foremost in terms of what should be at uh, the center of the debate and and come together around it and acknowledge the wrongs that we've done and uh, seek forgiveness. Well, I believe that. And look, Lou, I mean, to quote Tip O'Neill, you know, he had a saying, all politics are local. And in a sense, you know, all spirituality is personal. It begins with a personal relationship with God. And we repent individually. Nobody goes to heaven in a group. We go one by one based on our relationship to Christ. But you're on to something, Lou. There is a national repentance that needs to happen. I mean, God not only judges individuals, he judges nations. Remember in the Old Testament, the Israelites were offering children as burnt sacrifices to the pagan god Moloch. And God said, because you have done this thing, I'm going to send you into captivity for 70 years. Uh, God hasn't changed. I tell people, you know, when they say, you know, are you a, a Christian nationalist? I say, well, if you mean, do I believe that American is exempt from God's judgment? Absolutely not. Uh, the Bible is clear. God is no respecter of people or nations. Any nation that honors God will be blessed by God. And any nation, Lou, including the United States that rejects God, disobeys God, will be judged by God. And in that uh, judgment, we have given him much to consider uh, when one thinks about the the enormity uh, of the of the tragedy and of the decisions that uh, millions of Americans have had to make and have chosen poorly uh, because our court made possible 
a ruling that protected iniquity in, and I'm going to use that, that's my word. Uh, and I know how difficult that decision was for many Americans, but there is a standard, uh, whether you look to the Bible, whether you look to just common decency, uh, and, and the right to life in, uh, less than a, uh, uh, religious sense. Uh, give me, give me an idea of what a national a national discussion about Roe v. Wade should be, uh, because you are you are a, a man of faith, a leader, a faith leader, uh, who has a, an enormous following. Where, how do we get that conversation started, and what do you think the reaction would be among the left and the right to the suggestion that we we come together to talk about the importance of that right to life? Well, it's easy to point to the hypocrisy of the left and the sins of the left, but I think those of us who are conservative need to be honest, too. I mean, if we believe in the sanctity of life, it means that we value not only life in the womb, but life outside the womb as well. And I think we need to really have an honest discussion about what are we going to do to support women uh, who are going to have a pregnancy how and, and go to completion with that pregnancy. How can we best support life as a viable option? I think it's uh, paramount for churches like mine to continue what we do. We have a, a pregnancy center to support uh, moms in the choice of life, uh, to support them with financial assistance and counseling. I think uh, we have to look at that, Lou, at the governmental level about making sure there's adequate compensation for those who can't care for themselves to make sure that children have a chance uh, in life. And uh, and uh, we can't say, well, we're just against all government programs. If we really want to uh, uh, treat children as they need to be treated and make sure they grow up in the right atmosphere, I think we have a national discussion about now, since this is uh, the law of the land, how are we going to best implement it? You know, I, under- I understand what you're saying. I-, I think on this one, I have to say, I don't want more government. Uh, it's it just I don't government. want I don't want more taxes, but I think maybe a redistribution of how we're spending some of our money. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a fair statement and a, and, and a, and a noble goal. Uh, I don't want more government, period. Uh, we have the left. The Marxist left has taken control of our government. Uh, that's obvious in the corruption of the FBI, the Department of Justice, yes. uh, the Department of Homeland Security. We are dealing with a, a, a monstrous, monstrous government. Uh, I, I think that if we could get the churches to step up louder, uh, more aggressively, uh, and, and be the leaders that we know they can be, uh, that it would be a, a wonderful way to move forward. Uh, I, I wish that we were not also possessed of a and national corporatist media that is as rancidly politically corrupt because they're certainly not going to be supportive or helpful because a moral compass is has to frighten them. Uh, you know, they're fri- they're afraid of the Bible. They're afraid of Christians. Yes. They're afraid of uh, ministers and preachers and priests. But oh my goodness, they are they are what? scared to death of truth they're... and integrity and morality. 
They are, and their heads are exploding right now, Lou, over this road decision because they've seen what happens when Christians, 81% of evangelicals, get together and vote for Donald J. Trump, and he appoints three uh, conservative justices. They're seeing the impact of that, and they haven't even begun to feel the impact of what future rulings are going to be. And uh, that's what all of this attempt to talk, talk about the separation of church and state. I mean, the fact is what they want to do is build an unscalable wall around churches to make sure no influence from churches seep into public life. And uh, because they're seeing the terrifying consequences of what happens when it does. And I think one of the considerations that every uh, all Christians have to consider uh, is what is their their commitment to public education and it means engagement it means participation it means actually going to a school board meeting to me and saying god prayer it yes. uh, i and i can carry my bible into the classroom without uh, you know heads being on a swivel uh that uh, you can have a discussion not about sex not about gender transitioning but how about a conversation about god what is the moral compass that each of those students follows? I mean, if they're going to talk sex to five to nine-year-olds in our schools, then every Christian in the country should be in that school board saying, you will not, because that is sickness and evil, and it is not only immoral, it is a, 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 an absolute sick uh, mental illness th- that is just beyond description. And we're taking that on as a public policy in our schools? That's madness. It is madness. And most people are so ignorant of American history. They don't realize that for the first 150 years of our nation's history, from uh, the mid-1600s into the 1800s, most every school child in America uh, had as a textbook the New England Primer. To graduate from the third grade, you had to memorize these verses in the Bible. Do not do the abominable thing unto the Lord. Except a person be born again, he can't enter into the kingdom of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. They memorized those verses. They were required to memorize those verses. And then you look at what is happening right now. It is totally without basis in American history whatsoever. And we're we're making history, but it's not a history of which this country will be proud. And certainly, in retrospect, uh, as historians uh, look over where we've been since, say, 1960 uh, to 2022, with the notable exception of uh, these uh, these basic uh, three uh, Supreme Court cases, bringing us an opportunity uh, to reflect and to and to restore. Uh, decency to our society. We are confronted at almost every level, and we'll talk about shooters. People talk about gun rights, but they never talk about the right to mental health. They never talk about why are we seeing primarily young men uh, carrying out these atrocities? And the reason is they're mentally ill, and they come from families that are mentally ill, Uh, whether it be the the shooter in Ovalde who had three felons, his mother, his father, uh, and grandfather, all were felons. He was known to the schools, to the community, uh, as a dangerous, dangerous uh, victim of mental illness. And no one did anything. We, I cannot imagine 
that happening in which a young man is going to church, going to uh, engaging in the public schools and not having help? Uh, it, because it's just time and time again, we see the same result. Now, and look, just imagine, what if that 18-year-old, he wasn't going to be taken to church from what I've read by his parents and the exactly. dysfunctional home he was in. But what if he had sat in a classroom and heard a prayer and memorized a verse that said, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and don't do not murder. What change might that have occurred in his life? What evil might have been prevented from his actions if somewhere he had come to a faith in God? We'll never know. But, you know, we can have all the discussions in the world we want to about guns and everything else, but we can't separate these acts of violence from the spiritual component. You know, uh, like Dostoevsky said, without God, everything is permissible. And uh, that's why we need to teach our children, not just in the church house, but in schools and everywhere, that there is a God to whom we're all accountable. And accountable we are. And uh, in 2022, it looks like we're going to see a wave election, uh, a landslide for the Republicans, unless, as you and I have also discussed many times, the Republicans decide to mess it all up. Uh, I I think this may be that strong that it it can overcome even the Republican Party and its leadership. Uh, Will the the evangelicals be behind – Will it be a powerful force in the results of this upcoming election in 2022? I'm hoping it will, Lou. The one caveat I have and the thing I warn people about is this battle for the sanctity of life isn't over. It wasn't decided a few weeks ago. It's just beginning. It's just moved from the national level in some senses to the state level. But we cannot grow weary in well-doing, as the Bible says. We need to be vigilant. No, our primary purpose here on earth is not politics. It's to preach the gospel. But we do have a responsibility to vote our spiritual convictions. So I'm hoping and praying that people will remain vigilant in 2022 and certainly in 2024. I I know there's a great argument uh, in faith uh, about God-given rights in our Constitution. And I have always argued that those are American rights. They're not God-given. Yes. Uh, they may be, they may certainly be, and almost assuredly are, uh, without question, in my opinion, uh, the result of God's guidance. But those were hard-fought and won rights by Americans who sacrificed their lives, uh, their treasure, their their fortunes, uh, to bring about this this great republic of ours. We have a responsibility, it seems to me, to engage uh, and, and Christianity is not an excuse. It's a reason. Yes. It's a purpose. And I just hate to see people hide behind uh, their faith as a reason not to be engaged in the local school, to be down at the city council, uh, making certain as best we, any one of us mortals can, that things are on the up and up, that uh, others are acting with the integrity that we insist upon uh, of ourselves. Uh, your thoughts about that? You know, Lou, I often use this analogy. Just imagine a giant dam holding back millions of gallons of water, and there's a little village below the dam. The townspeople see uh, cracks in the dam, water starting to leak out. A group of townspeople go up to that dam, and they push back against it. 
and at the same time are yelling to those below, go find a place of safety. They know that their work ultimately is futile. That dam is going to crumble and the water is going to be unleashed. But they want to give time for as many people as possible to find sanctuary and salvation. That's what we're doing as Christians. We need to be at that school board meeting. We need to be in the voting booth pushing back against evil, even though we know ultimately this world is going to collapse. We want to prolong that so that we give people as much time to find hope and salvation through Jesus Christ. It's not either or. We're to push back and share the gospel. Well, as you know, we uh, we conclude each one of our uh, podcasts with the, the concluding thoughts of our guests. We give our guests always uh, the last word, and I appreciate you being with us, Pastor. Uh, this is your moment for the concluding thoughts, and we thank you for all the great thinking that preceded. Well, thank you for having me, Lou. And the one verse I leave your audience with is Psalm thirty-three, twelve: Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. Pastor Jeffress is always a, a delight, is always illuminating and inspiring. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Lou. I always feel better hearing Pastor Jeffress's analysis, his take on life, his perspective, and I hope you do as well. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Here tomorrow, our guest will be veteran, former federal prosecutor, Abe Hamaday, running for attorney general in Arizona. Please join us here tomorrow on The Great America Show. You don't want to miss it. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.